The Car Guys Report Informed Automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. Coming up on Nude Hippo, the podcast, I talk to a couple of funny guys. Funny? What do you mean? Funny like a clown? Do I amuse you? Do we make you laugh? <laughs> Rich Coe's as Fenguli. Jim Roach as... Uh, nobody important. <laughs> Nude Hippo, the podcast. Only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. My co-host, Lou Costable, is still on assignment. He will be back for the next episode, and we're going to have plenty to talk about when he gets back from what he's been doing out uh, west, taking a lot of videos for his uh, YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou. And like I said, he'll be back for the next episode, and we'll have plenty to talk about. But as usual on the Car Guys Report, plenty to talk about in the here and now we've got another special guest on the car guys report would like to uh, welcome roger rex road and i got to tell you roger any guy that's got road in his last name's got to be a car guy i I wish (laughs) i had a quarter for every time somebody has said that (laughs) and um roger and i have known each other for a couple of years now we see each other at a lot of uh, car shows and uh, cars and coffee and uh, roger's just one of these guys that is uh incredibly enthusiastic about uh, cars in general. He's got a lot of information. He grew up in Detroit, which always gives you some street cred right there. And he uh, does a lot of interesting things. He uh, He's into uh, detailing, so we're going to have a discussion on uh, detailing tips for your car. And he is also a Tale of the Dragon expert. He uh, drives that road, which is in the uh, Smoky Mountains and um, he will be talking about that a little bit later on in the show. But um, right now, uh, we always like to open the program, just kind of talk about what's going on in our car world. Uh, recently got my uh, Corvette back. We were talking before we started recording here, Roger, that uh, you said the Corvette is your favorite car. And um, I have a 92 C4, and I just had some work done on it, and it seems like it's things are cool. So it's going to head out to a, a couple of car shows in the, in the coming weeks. So I'm looking forward to that um, I originally knew you when you were driving a Fiat Abarth I have a Fiat 500 and that was kind of a natural uh, pr- progression you recently sold that car what do you have now uh, well I have a dad mobile it's a 2018 uh, Hyundai Elantra Sport which I did not think you would ever buy I thought you were like totally locked in on the Abarth and then you you sent me an email you go oh by the way I sold the Abarth and I have my Hyundai now and I'm like what (laughs) well it did not pass emissions and um it would always get a sporadic uh check engine light once a year on a particular hot day so it was just time to move on. Yeah. And I don't want to get into a big discussion on that right now, but I have had absolutely zero issues with my Fiat, mainly because I've kept it mechanically. I've kept it stock. And I know that you were doing quite a bit of massaging under the hood with various uh, tuning elements. So that I, I still think that's one of the reasons why you were getting those issues with the, with the Abarth. But it's possible. Yeah. But you also had higher mileage on it, too, didn't you? I had 64,000. Yeah. When that's it about it twice, twice what I got on mine right now. Uh, how do you like your Hyundai? so far it's a great car i i embrace the rawness of the abart like manual transmission i even wish the car had power or manual uh door locks and roll-up windows but the the honda elantra sport is a complete 180 degrees from the abart refinement and you've already done a little bit of tweaking to that car right yes well being from detroit i can't leave anything alone so it has a a a june bl axle back exhaust system from south korea and then from south carolina it has a sixth element enclosed intake system and that's like kind of like a cold air thing or it is it it has a plexiglass window on the top so it not only looks cool but you can see when the uh, uh, aem dry filter gets dirty okay. and you can clean it do you have any other uh plans to do further upgrades to that car or? 
I do. I have a intercooler resonator delete pipe uh, I'm waiting to get put in, and then I'm going to change the tires and wheels. Okay. Maybe. Any brake uh, upgrades or suspension mods? Great question. Surprisingly, <laughs> uh, you won't believe this, but there is the Cadillac ATSV brakes fit on this car. Wow. Just by, by happenstance, it just worked out that way? <laughs> it, it, they do. I mean, it's got 12 and a half inch uh, brakes on the front now, so it, it'll, it'll do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's great. And um, I, I haven't even seen that car yet. I think it's out front, right? I, I, had, I had looked. You came to the Car Guys uh, Report warehouse here, and we got talking. I was sweeping out the floor. We got to keep the studios clean here because we have so many people walking in and out all the time. But I will definitely check it out when we're uh, done uh, doing the episode because I do want to. I do want to uh, check out your car. Um, but it's been a you know it's been an interesting uh, last couple months. Tons of car shows I've been going to, and um, it just been enjoying driving my fleet of vehicles <laughs> and um you know that's that's what it's all about i mean that's one thing that i think that that you're uh very enthusiastic about is that you show up to a lot of uh events even though you might not have a car that necessarily fits in that much i mean the, the abarth would fit in almost anywhere but the the hyundai you know people are kind of scratching your head scratching your head but i've been seeing a lot more like kia stingers showing up at, at events and 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 ones that are getting pretty reasonably modified too, um kind of the, along the lines of stuff that you're doing i was talking to one gentleman a, a couple of weeks ago uh that was bringing his car to the uh, drag strip the stinger and you said it was turning like i think 12 five quarter miles which is pretty impressive i mean that's got that uh, uh i think stock it's it's you might you probably know more than I do about that car. It's got the twin turbo V six. I think from the factory it's three hundred and sixty five horsepower or something it, like that. It's three hundred and sixty five horsepower, three hundred and seventy six foot pounds of torque. Yeah. It's funny you bring up the stinger. I was in Detroit last weekend. I went to M one Concourse and my my buddy Derek back home has a a Stinger GT and he has a Borla axle or a, actually a cat back exhaust and a torque motorsport open intakes and I drove that car. It's a monster. Yeah, they're 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 getting um, they're getting a lot of uh, of of enthusiasm from the uh, from the people that own them and from the you know the the Asian uh, car community car collector not car collector but you know the the people that are into the Asian cars the the tuners and stuff and it's a I gotta admit it's a sharp looking car you know I'm not a four door guy but it is a good looking car and even the interiors uh, look pretty darn good so it's amazing how far both Hyundai and Kia of course are the same company but how far they have come in in even the last you know 10 or 15 years because my dad owned uh bought a uh, Hyundai Tucson back in uh, 2005 and that was a good car for what it was but it was still pretty pretty basic pretty plasticky and even look at a Tucson now you know 13 years 14 years later and it's like heads and tails over you know what it used to be so they've you got to really kind of tip your cap to the things that hyundai and kia have achieved they're not the butt of a joke anymore no they aren't they're they're not and i think i don't know where they rank in the in the size of uh car manufacturers but i think i want to say they're in like the top five worldwide because uh, obviously Volkswagen, GM, um, they're 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 at the top, but and Toyota too. But I think Hyundai is is right around number five, if I'm not mistaken. But um, so good. I'm glad that you're enjoying your car. And if you like what we do here on the Car Guys Report, make sure you tell a friend about this show. It's called the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. You can catch it online at RadioMisfits.com. You can follow us on Twitter at car guys podcast and also you can email us we'd love to uh, get your comments uh your thoughts uh complaints rants raves whatever you want uh, hopefully compliments too you can email us at car guys report at hotmail.com you are listening to the car guys report informed automotive i'm mark vernon we've got special guest roger Rexroad in the uh, car guys report studio today and uh roger i know you grew up in uh in detroit and you've uh uh you you lived there for quite a while. Obviously, growing up in Detroit, you've got to kind of be steeped, I would think, in the car culture. What was it like when you lived there? Everybody's dad, uncle, brother, even my grandma worked for a, a Dodge Maine where they built the Barracudas. Wow. So, I mean, that's 
that's just how it is when you grow up in the D. Your your, your grandmother wasn't on the assembly line, she was she? She worked on the assembly really? line. Really? She used cool. to talk about when she used to get locked in the trunk when she was doing something in the trunk that there was a way to like pop the lock to get yeah. out of the trunk. So, oh yeah. Wow. What what year or what decade would that have been? In like the uh, 50s probably? Mm, or? I think she might have worked there later in life. It might. Well, the Barracuda came out in 64. Okay, sure. I think sure. it was in the late 60s possibly wow. when she worked there. So That is cool. Any other uh, family members that, that worked in the industry? My late dad... Uh, worked for uh, GM Hydromatic. Uh, he started at um, in Hamtramck at the okay. um, um, where it's now it used to be American Axle. Now they moved they moved out. But um, yeah, he worked there for thirty five years. Wow, wow, that is so cool. Because you wonder, you know, uh, I, I get a publication, Hemmings Classic Car, and one of the my favorite features in that magazine on a monthly basis is a is a one page. Usually, it's about a one page feature called "I Was There," and they solicit. Uh, Reminisces and, and memories from people that worked in the industry, whether it was you know something like your grandmother or your father did actually on the line, or somebody that was working in engineering, or somebody that was a test driver or whatever. It just a, it runs the gamut, and it's just so fascinating when you read about the stuff that they did in the in the fifties and sixties building cars, and you know this was before OSHA was as prominent as it was. And sometimes you think, boy, that would never happen now, <laughs> but it's just fascinating. Just these people, and most of them really liked what they did. It was hard work. A lot of times on the lines, long hours, but they were paid well, and they hopefully, you know, they thought they had a job for life at that point, and back in that, in the day, they pretty much did. You know, it's obviously a lot different now, but it's just fascinating um, uh, reading about that kind of stuff, and actually talking to somebody like you who has a direct connection to that is just is just so cool. Um, another thing that you do, and I remember uh, when I first met you, and this is almost four years ago. And I didn't know who you were yet. You were walking around at a car show and you were cleaning people's rims with your little uh, hand pump and, <laughs> and, your, and your detailing solution. And one thing we wanted to talk about uh, here today is uh, detailing your car because you do it. Do you do it on the side? Do you do it actually for money or, or for the pleasure of cleaning your because I got plenty of cars you can clean when we're off the, <laughs> off the air here. I do it because uh, it's more of a labor of love because I, uh, growing up in Detroit, you always want to take pride in your ride. So um, I would like to do more work on the side, but, you know, I work a lot of hours, so it, time is precious. So. But you seem like you're up on all the, the trends and everything, basically, for, for proper detailing of your car. I've been a member on uh, AutoGeek.net uh, since uh, February 2012, so, I mean, it's all a part of the... I eat, sleep, drink cars. A clean car goes hand in hand. Cool. Um, when you detail a car, I mean, detailing can run the gamut from, you know, a wash to just a wash and wax to a complete, you know, concourse type detailing where they're making sure like every tread on the tire is clean and, and every vent has no dust in it. How far do you go in your detailing regime? Well, I save the car wash for for Fridays at the end of a long work week. I, it's my Friday night wash, so cool. I do a, a full car wash, hit the wheel wells, uh, barrel cleaning of the wheels. Because I mean, if you can see in there, they should be clean. What's a barrel clean? Well, the, the um, you get a, a I use a Speedmaster wheel brush and you spray the wheel cleaner inside the barrel, and then you get the brush inside the barrel, it, meaning the the back part of the rim, right where, where your where, wheel where, weights are. Yeah, yeah. The, and actually, I was looking at I, my my. 911 right now uh, i have been driving on some dusty roads and it's got a bunch of dirt on the inner part of the rim which is like six inches wide and there's just all this dirt in there and it's like how do you so you get in there with a you said with a Speedmaster. A speed is that a nozzle That's the name or of the brand? Okay, it's, it's, just a, it's a, a bristle brush. Oh, it, oh, okay. And it gets very narrow. Sure. For the you know for tight crevices. Okay, cool. Um, and then are you a, are you a big fan of uh, waterless car washing? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do that all the time um, because I know it has it, it's 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 good for your paint because it doesn't scratch it. And I think they always have some kind of uh, wax or lubricity in there, obviously to, to, to make the the thing glide along. But it actually does add a little bit of protection and i'm a big fan of 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 basically any kind of waterless car wash i mean speed shine is one thing that's the kind of stuff you use at like a car show or if you just mm -hmm. have some dust on there but then you can get the what's called waterless car wash which is kind of like a heavy duty speed shine which gets more of the, the gunk and stuff off of it and that just works fantastic um do you have any uh preferences as to uh what kind of uh wax uh or what kind of procedure you like to use are you using a orbital uh, machine applied or are you doing it by hand 
When I have to do paint correction, that's the only time I use my uh, Griot's Garage 6-inch random orbital because mm -hmm. you cannot really do a proper paint correction by hand because your hand cannot move that fast. Sure. Um, I'm a big Griot's Garage fan as well. I think their products, they are a little pricey, but most of them are, are top quality and they work really well. Uh, and you brought up something that I wanted to talk about is paint correction. A lot of people really don't know what paint correction is. I've talked to a lot of people and they, sometimes they sit there and scratch their head. And I know you're big on it. And basically the the uh, way I look at it is paint correction is kind of like almost like a heavy duty um, polishing and compounding of the paint and it's for basically uh, a heavily weathered uh, original finish or where would you want to use it most often well some cars if it's weathered like single stage paint you would want to do paint correction where the paint's starting to look dull like mm -hmm. especially red like uh, first gen miatas if they don't they're not properly taken care of they're almost starting to look pink okay yeah but, i've seen those but mostly paint correction is for people who do not know how to properly wash their car and you get swirl marks in the mm -hmm. paint and if you could look at the paint surface under a microscope it looks like the surface of the moon so what you do with the paint correction is you're leveling you're leveling out those scratches so when the sun hits it you're getting more of that pure reflection because when it's got swirl marks the, when the sun hits it, not only do you see that, but it, it doesn't give you the true beauty of the paint. Sure. And and I guess the first step in a paint correction would be, obviously, and I'm a big fan of this, too, is you'd want to clay the car because the clay is going to get all the gunk out of those little grooves that you're talking about, the microscopic grooves. And that leaves you with a clean surface then to start correcting what's remaining on there, which would just be the paint and none of the contaminants. A clay bar is called a mechanical decontamination. And then they also have a product that's... Um, you know how people always say Kleenex, even though there's different brands of Kleenex? Mm -hmm. um, uh, a chemical decontamination with using a product like Iron X, so it stinks like... And uh, that's what I've heard about. Yeah, well, talk a little bit more about that, because I, I don't have any experience with that. Well, like you mentioned, the clay bar gets the top layer of the grit off the paint. But what the uh, Iron X does is it gets below the surface of the paint, and it pulls the iron particles out, and it'll start to turn like a, a reddish-purple color, and then you rinse it away. Okay. And it's just, it, it's not fun to work with, but it works. <laughs> if you remember w women that perm their hair in the 70s and yeah. 80s, that's exactly the what chemical it smells smell. like. It wow. is terrible. Wow. But it does work. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you can see it work. It turns reddish-purple. Okay. You know, it'll, it, they call it the bleeding effect. Because that's the, that's the actual chemical conversion or whatever that it's actually, you know, that mm -hmm. it's picking that stuff up. So that's why it changes color and everything. Only iron. Yeah. Cool. We'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, we're going to have a radio legend, a radio hall of famer who was a childhood hero of mine. And a great guy with full of stories about his expansive career. John Records Landecker. We'll find out if Records is truly his middle name. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. A Tony Lozano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great. Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Be sure to tune in to Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Our podcast highlights the best soccer league in the world. The English Premier League. We recap the previous week's games. And preview the upcoming games. I do it from an American point of view. And I do it as an authentic Brit. Accent and all. That's authentic. Right, Governor? Not exactly how I say it. <laughs> we also talk about the local soccer scene because Adam is the Illinois Youth Director of Coaching. If you love soccer. Football. Football. Tune in to Free Kicks. New episodes drop weekly. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. You know, most people, when they think about claying their cars, you get the, the traditional clay bar with the speed shine, and it works, but it's kind of a, a, a more laborious process. They have the new clay now where it actually is impregnated into like a, um, a wash uh, pad. And I've tried that now. And the beauty of that is you actually clay your car while you're cleaning it, washing it, and you can get this thing everywhere on the car versus, you know, the clay bar. It's a little hard to get it in the nooks and crannies because it's, it's sticky. sticky. Exactly. Yep. And you can do the windows. You do everything. And it's supposed to be good for like 25 time usage mm -hmm. and it's really i think it's cheaper than a clay bar and it's easier to use i love it i've used it only on two cars so far that i own but i i'm a big fan of of it and do you concur with with that absolutely and another point that's very important with a clay towel or a clay mitt if you drop it on the ground all you have to do is rinse it if you drop a clay bar on the ground 
you need to throw that piece out because exactly, it's going to pick it up picks everything. Up everything. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's another huge thing. Um, and then as far as wax goes, are you? Uh, I, I was explaining to you before we started this episode that I like to, when I do a car I'll, uh, properly, I'll wash it, I'll clay it, and then I'll paint seal it, which is kind of a synthetic, uh, you know, dealers charge you like 600 bucks for paint sealing. You can buy a can of or a, a jar of paint sealant from uh, Griot's for 20 bucks, and it's basically the same stuff. And it's basically just like a synthetic heavy duty wax that just kind of seals your paint off real nicely and then i put uh, i usually put a layer of carnauba over that and it's just a, it's a great to me it's a it's a nice two-stage process to do and, it, and my results are are pretty nice what do you like to do what's your procedure i I'm, i've moved away from carnauba wax uh carnauba you do get a natural glow uh, a lot of your cars are show cars, so they're not out in the environment a lot. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with using a good carnauba wax. I'm really big on paint coating. Uh, like ceramic? ceramic yep. Yeah, talk a little, a little more about that, because I always kind of think that that's kind of a gimmick. And you're, you're shaking your head, no, it's um, not a gimmick. Okay, well, t- well tell, me, tell me why it isn't a gimmick. Tell me what, what, what it does that's better. Well, I'll tell you, the, the chemical resistance with a, with a paint coating and the durability totally eclipses your hand-rubbed carnauba. It's not even close because of the chemicals that are in a paint coating. But just like with using carnauba, the prep is extremely important with anything, especially with a ceramic paint coating. That surface has to be clean. So when you do a chemical and mechanical decontamination, you do a good car wash, they also have a, a prep that you will spray on the paint to get any of the any remaining oils out. Okay. And then you want to use like a like a blow dryer or something to get all the water out because you need it not only clean but you need it with no water can't be anything on. The okay, uh, but you can do that yourself. Absolutely. Okay, because I thought it was something that you had to go to like a detail shop and you pay like a thousand dollars for it or something like that. That's exactly what it costs. Because when I was back in Detroit last weekend, I my buddy has a two thousand M five E thirty nine and it is. It, it's it, it's in need of some attention. We went to a a very good uh, local a detail shop, and we we went in there with the notion that it was going to cost them a thousand dollars, and that's it was a five year warranty paint coating. It was eight seventy five, wow. and then we added some other things, and it came up to about a grand. Wow! And then stuff that you can buy, can you buy the regular stuff just online or in a, a regular auto parts store or whatever? Uh, mm, uh, Probably not like a. Pet ha- Boys or something no, like that. No, it hasn't moved to over-the-counter level yet, but online. And there are some, uh, it's called, we, we like to call it coating light, where it's more user-friendly. And I just bought a tube that I don't even know if I'll ever get through all of it. And it was only $40. I say only, so a lot of people are used to going to the auto parts store and picking up a burgundy bottle of Meguiar yeah. for like $7. It's <laughs> it's not, it's not the even same. not even close. And then when you're applying it, once you've done the prep, does it go on like wax then, or how does it? Well, it's clear, so you're going to see like this rainbow effect, and you want it less is more. You do not want to be heavy-handed when you put on a paint coating. So you'll apply it by a, a two-foot-by-two-foot section, okay. and then you'll see this rainbowing. You give it about a minute or two, and then buff it off. Okay. And then level it out. And that's all? That's all you got to do. Wow. When you say level out, what do you mean by that once you buff it off? So you don't see the rainbowing anymore. Okay. Because like with wax, you know how you can see the white? Well, with, with a paint coating, you're going to see that rainbowing. And, you and it's clear. It Sometimes if you put it on really well, you won't see anything because you're putting it on so thin. But it is there. It's there, yeah. You, a lot of this is you have to convince people from a different generation that it's it works. Yeah. You can't see it when you're putting on most of the time, but it's there. And and the advantage of the ceramic is that obviously it bonds well and then it's hard. Is that the thing? It Absolutely. just doesn't wear off. There are paint there are ceramic paint coatings out there in professional grade. Five to seven year warranty. I could not go five to seven years oh, no. without touching the car. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I do, but not, I know you wouldn't. You can't go five yeah. to seven weeks without touching oh, your car. No. But um, and then, do you think is there anything? Is ceramic kind of like the the thing now? Then is that the is that the best you can do for your car? There is nothing uh, higher than a ceramic paint coating. Now, there's different brands. Yeah, and some of them you do have to be certified. The, the detail shop that I went to last weekend with my buddy, they are you have to be certified to use and purchase the product. Okay, and then uh, I know that there's the other. Uh, thing too that they have out now it's the clear 
uh, you can actually wrap the entire car in like this clear film, oh, whatever it's called. I, I don't know what it's called because Motor Week, the uh, PBS uh, automotive program that I watch every week, mm-hmm. they did a, a feature on it and they showed the guys installing it and everything. And it costs like, it's as much as wrapping a car with color. It's like three grand or four grand or even more. And, and it's basically just literally wrapping your entire car in this clear film and it's supposed to protect your paint and all that kind of stuff. And they say you can put wax and stuff on over. Absolutely. What, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, uh, the high-end detail shops uh, that offer that paint pr- uh, PPF paint protection film, th- they'll put the ceramic coating over the top of that so it's protected. Wow. <laughs> but if you if you look at your nine nine seven out here in the garage, it has a version of that in front of the rear exactly rear wheel yeah well mm-hmm. because that's a high area because you know the car's got the wide hip so it needs to have it yeah there. yeah that's interesting because I you know I think that it, that's beyond the, the 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 realm of most people because of the cost mm-hmm. um, but there is an advantage if you have like a really high end car like a Ferrari or a McLaren or something that you want to preserve the paint on because then you can remove it right. Uh, you would want the shop to remove it. Yeah, you would want to be yanking it off, <laughs> yeah, off I worked, yourself. I worked at a Lotus dealer uh, back in Detroit before I moved, and all the Lotuses, every Lotus had PPF put on, and that was over 10 years ago. Wow. Wow. And it was still in good shape and everything? Oh, yeah. Well, there are some, most of the customers with Lotuses, they're track guys, so, but some of the, you look at the, the paint protection film, it's beat up, so you can only imagine what your paint would look like if you didn't have the PPF. Yeah. So on a, on a car that you're going to track, a car that you do a lot of road trips in, it's worth it. Yeah. And they've got it down to a point now where it doesn't, the early ones, you could, it looked, you could see, it almost added to the orange peel. They got PPF now, it you, you can't even see oh, it. Oh, I know. They showed them putting it on and, and basically, I mean, you can see why it costs so much because they're taking, you know, they're taking mirrors off and they're taking door handles off and they're getting the stuff in all the nooks and crannies and making sure it's totally smooth and everything. And I'm just a little skeptical of that just because of the, the cost. But you've kind of got me interested in the ceramic thing. So maybe I'll en- enlist Roger Rexroad's uh, mobile detailing service <laughs> to put some ceramic coating on one of my cars and see how it holds up. Sure. Uh, two things I wanted to ask you about is, do you have a favorite uh, brand or... Or, or 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 a good way to uh, clean rims because I'm always using just you know wheel cleaner whatever brand and I'm always trying to find what I consider to be the best wheel cleaner I don't know th- don't know if I've found it yet because a lot of them do okay but you know other ones don't do that good and the problem I have too a lot is getting my rubber the, the actual tire sidewall really clean and some of them are combination wheel tire cleaners which I don't mind because I just like spraying the whole tire and then I'll scrub the tire with a brush and and then rinse everything off really well but so a two two part question is is wheel cleaner and then what do you do to get the the, the sidewalls nice and clean well, I can answer that in one with one question. One product yeah, does it one all. One product, I, and I have been using it lately, and I'm so impressed with it that I'm actually giving away. Um, I have Chemical Guys Wheel Cleaner. I'm actually I save all my bottles, so I'm glad I did that because I'm going to be just giving those away as like samples to mm-hmm. my friends. It's a product uh, from a company called PNS. It's called Brake Buster. It is for tires and wheels. Okay, cool. And I have it in a uh, an IK uh, IK 1.5 foamer. And this wheel cleaner is tremendous. If you drive in the rain, you're still going to have to use that Speedmaster brush I spoke about earlier in between the spokes mm-hmm. and in the barrel cleanings if you're as particular as I am yeah. about the barrels. But you can also spray it on the tires because it, it, it is for the tires and wheels. But if you do not drive in the rain and you're, you're, you have a couple of the European cars where they have very aggressive mm-hmm. pads so they're safe of, on the rotors. Yeah. If you do this product at a three-to-one ratio, in most cases, you can spray it on, let it dwell, and hose it off. But it's, you know, user beware because you want to see how long the the brake, uh, brake dust has been baked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another product from from this guy out, out east. It's called Auto Fanatic Foaming Wheel Cleaner. This stuff is very expensive, okay? In the wintertime... I stocked up on this this product. It, it was it's fifty dollars for a quart. Wow. The PNS is twenty four dollars for a gallon. Okay. So now that I found PNS, I'm still going to use the other product, but this PNS, um, it's 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 a great product. And and the the, the PNS stuff you buy, you said it's a gallon. Then you mix that with water. Yes, you can use it straight. Okay. But in my foamer, 
you I've and your foamer is your is it that is it's it a like hand a, pump a foamer. hand pump yeah that's the thing I was talking about earlier I'll show, that, I'll show it to yeah you. but that's the thing I saw you when I mm-hmm. first saw you like four years ago you're Absolutely. walking around with your yep. pump yeah okay yep. and then um, as far do you ever dress your your tires then or of course <laughs> with just regular like what do you like a satin tire shine or what do you what do you prefer I prefer uh, something that's got a little bit more sheen but I don't want it to look like it's sitting on a used car the, lot the wet where look can, where you can see yeah. yourself in the tire yeah. I don't like that so you do the between the the wet and the satin yes. kind of the semi gloss or whatever they call it there's a number of products there uh, to nail me down on one uh, I like Guyon uh, uh, Guyon uh, tire and they have another product called Guyon tire express that you can actually put on a wet tire okay cool you're listening to the uh, car guys report informed automotive i'm mark vernon along with our special guest today roger Rexroad. if you like what we do here on the car guys report informed automotive then make sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the radio misfits podcast network like the show minutia men that's an opi show by day rick kempfer and dave stern are consumers of worthless information and each week they share their newest worthless information in their podcast called Minutia Men. It's available on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Check it all out at radiomisfits.com. And then uh, lastly, let's touch on interiors real quickly. Uh, Usually when I, I don't do a full detail on my interiors. What I usually do is I'll just vacuum everything out. I'll pull out the, I'm a big rubber floor mat guy. Even my Mercedes and my Aston Martin, I have rubber floor mats. Heresy, I know, but uh, I just like rubber, uh, but they're the factory ones. They look great. Mm-hmm. And you, you, I put them out once or twice a year. I'll hose them off, scrub them down, let them dry, and put them back in. They look great. Um, then I'll dust everything off because you know how car interiors Absolutely. just attract dust like crazy. And then I'll just put some kind of protectant on there. And I'll clean the insides of the windows and, and, the, and the mirrors and stuff. I don't get to the level where I'm sticking Q-tips into uh, air vents and things like that. But And, and actually, I, 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 I neglect my seats a lot because, I mean, I'm not a slob. I don't spill stuff on, on seats or anything. But I should probably be treating the leather more than it's, I do. It's dead skin. You yeah, want to moisturize exactly. it. Exactly. Like so, so what do you like to use on, on leather? Well, on leather, we're going to go to Guyon again. Okay. Uh, there's a product called Guyon Leather. It, it, they also have a actual coating, just like we were talking about with the uh, ceramic coating. They have a designated coating where you have to prep the seat to put it on. I have not used that yet, but the guy on leather, excellent product. Okay, cool. And how often do you treat your leather seats? A lot. A lot. <laughs> I have wanted leather seats in a car for so long that I, I've had my car since... Um, the day before St. Patrick's Day, I bet I've done my seats probably six or seven times. You so. want the suppleness of fine Corinthian leather. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> and this is something I saw on... Um on uh, online recently and it wasn't one of these like come on things it was actually an article that they they claimed it was legitimate i wanted to get your your point on this they're saying the best thing to use on your dashboard and they were saying what you should use instead of like armor all or something they're saying olive oil i've never heard that armor all is is um basically we have a running joke with a couple of our my friend my longtime friends Armor all it used to be a noun, and now it's a verb because I'm going to armor all the dash. Yeah, like Kleenex or right, Xerox exactly. or whatever. Yep. Yeah, uh, 303 uh, Aerospace is my go-to for my... Uh, Which I've used. Yeah, yes. I had some samples of that. They have a great interior cleaner. They have an interior quick detailer which is also great. They also sell leather products. They're not... The thing with 303 is they're very well known for their aerospace protectant. Mm-hmm. They are a full product line company, except they don't have paint coating yet. Okay. Because um, I would think olive oil... I mean, I love olive oil to eat. I love dipping bread, bread in it and yeah. putting it on, on, on vegetables and things like <laughs> that. I would just think that... Sure, it's a natural product and stuff, but I would just think that... It would get rancid, especially if it's sitting in the sun. I mean, you're not putting a, a lot of it on there, but it's baking in the sun. I just think it would, would get rancid because olive oil will go rancid if, it, if it's not properly I've never stored. heard of it. I know. I saw that, too, and I'm like, really? And I don't know if you're supposed to use extra virgin or virgin or <laughs> whatever. Get but, it from the Corleone family, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I think that, you know, I wanted to touch on that because um, I think you're, you're definitely on the right track doing, you know, just the commercially available products that are designed for interiors and keeping everything nice and clean do you go to the 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 extent of of sticking um 
Q-tips in, in air vents or you, your cars just never get that dusty? They, they do not get that dusty, but we're talking about a daily driver. So you got to draw the line in sanity uh, somewhere. You know? Exactly. Yeah, I know. It's how far are you going to go, but Absolutely. you're doing your seats every three weeks. So just about, <laughs> I, I just like the process and, and it smells great. The guy on leather has a nice smell. Uh, Griot's Garage also has a tremendous line of leather products. Uh, great. And, and a lot of times... I, I, I do know somebody that's used, used that when I was uh, several years years ago, I was considering purchasing a Ferrari 400i, which is the uh, V12 uh, coupe that they made, uh, kind of the redheaded stepchild of the Ferrari family. They're finally starting to come up in value. And this car had uh, not been driven for a while, and the seats needed a good rejuvenation. And he used the, the, the Griot stuff, and it looked amazing for that car you definitely would want to use their it is called leather rejuvenator like you said and it's funny that you brought that up because i remember we spoke about the ferrari 400i the first day of summer this year i was out on the north uh like by uh glenview and i was getting on the uh under the freeway and I saw a burgundy colored 400i, and I thought about <laughs> <Not me>, you. Yeah. <laughs> it was not the same car because the car I was looking at was just red. Okay. But, um, yeah, they're cool cars actually. And and you know, one thing we like to talk about on the program. I don't want to get off off uh, topic here too much, but uh, I'm always I don't read Marty reports and stuff like that. I just look to see what's for sale online and uh, like Hemmings and bring a trailer and stuff. And, and I get a reasonable feel for the market. And the 400i's are actually starting to come up. In, in value um, and I just think it's a cool looking car I mean some people might not like it it might be a little too boxy or square but I just thought it's kind of a, a badass looking car and it's a V12 no timing belts it's got timing chains the biggest thing there is try to find one with a manual because the automatic was a turbo hydromatic 400 there's nothing wrong with it but it's an archaic three speed automatic in a car like that it's the thing going to cut it and the shifter just looks horrific yeah. in the car it's just, the big it, T handle it, coming it out is, of the it yeah it's, it's in the center console so wide yeah. in that car but yeah finding one with a manual you yeah know, um yeah manuals are unfortunately a dying you know dying breed you we know? could do a whole show on that which oh, we for sure absolutely <laughs> probably will at some point mark vernon along with roger Rexroad here on the car guys report informed automotive thanks so much for spending some time with us today we're having a great time talking about uh, detailing and now we're gonna switch to something that i know roger's been champing at the bit to uh, talk about tale of the dragon and I'll, I'll do a little background, and then you can fill in the rest of it. The Tale of the Dragon, if you're not uh, exactly sure what it is, it's a... Um 11-mile road that starts on the border of North Carolina and Tennessee in the town of Deals Gap, and it's a um, road that has 318 curves in 11 miles. That comes out to a curve every 182.5 feet, so pretty much the minute you straighten your wheel out, it's it's turning again. Um, and I was reading some of the history, Roger, on, on, on uh, Tale of the Dragon. Obviously, it's, it's gotten more and more popular over the years. It used to ha- if this is correct, it said it's, it used to have like a speed limit of like 55, and now it's down to 30. And I don't think you could do 55 on that, but they said the 30 is, is the speed limit now. Um, but I, I'm sure people exceed that. But tell us what it's like, why you like to go there, because you go there every fall pretty much. to, ru- to dry- A lot of motorcyclists ride it too, a lot of, a lot of car people, but you did it in your Abarth. I've done and what what other cars? Well, I, real quick, I can tell you that I've I've been going every year since 2003. Wow! I've not missed a year. Wow! My first car I took was a modified Contour SVT, which was my first new car. I did it in a Crossfire with a manual transmission. I did it in a 2007 Mini Cooper S. Uh, a Honda Fit with an automatic that was one time. <laughs> and then I had a Honda CRZ with a six speed, uh, and then the Abarth. I did five years in a row, so that was the car I had the longest time, and now I'm looking forward to doing the, the uh, run in my Hyundai. Yeah, and what is what is the appeal? Why? How did you first of all decide to start going there, and then obviously you come back every year? Is it just that much fun? Do you and how many times do you run it when you're there? I mean, are you uh, running it every half hour? Or are you? <laughs> well, it. Um, well, I, I found out about it with this uh, when I had the Ford Contour. There was a guy on the forum that told me about it and I said you know what I'm gonna go and when you live in the concrete jungle I drive for a living when you go down there 
It's God's country. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's the allure to it. Yeah, you it's, just, it's you're bo- unplugged from everything. Yeah, it's bordered by the Great Smoky Mountains and the Cherokee National Forest, and the it's designated US 129. And the uh, beauty of of this road is not only the the curves and the scenery and everything, but there's no intersecting roads or driveways, so it's a clear shot. So you don't have to worry about some Yahoo backing out in front of you or anything like that. So that's one thing that makes it great. And obviously, it's become a, I guess, a world, an international thing, right? You've got yes, people kind of like almost like a Route 66 where people travel to the U.S. just to do that or as part of a maybe like a Route 66 or some kind of, of road trip like that. Absolutely. Um, when you're on it, because this is the biggest question I have since it's gotten so much more popular, how congested is it when you're running it? Well, because I've been going for so long, I know when and when and when not to go on the road. So what we do is we stay off the road on Saturday. We There are other roads. The, the, the tail of the dragon is the big name road Mm -hmm. but there's a road that connects to it called the Cherahala Skyway Mm -hmm. it was finished I believe in the mid to late 90s it is a 55 to 57 mile road that starts in Teleco Plains Tennessee and goes to Robbinsville North Carolina it goes up to one mile high elevation and there are signs that will tell you that you're on a 9% grade for the next two miles. Wow. So you, like in the Abbard, I'm in third gear going like, <laughs> you know, 4,500, 5,000 RPM. Yeah. But I'm not going to cook the brakes because no. the, the thing about these roads, it's not about having a fast car. The old saying, it's more fun to drive a slow car fast than sure. a fast car slow. Yeah. It, it really applies to this road in particular because... They, it is a dangerous road. They, they, more of the deaths that happen on the tail of the dragon are motorcycles, and a lot of people have heart attacks. On, on, That's what there. you were telling me before yes. um, when we were talking about doing this episode. You were saying there's actually people that get so either excited or stressed out or whatever, they actually have a cardiac arrest. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, the, the chariot. So we where we stay in uh, Maryville, Tennessee, there is a loop. It's about 120 miles long. So you go out to these. There's some. Like I said, I've been going long enough. There's a lot of back roads. So we take this. We snake our way over to this uh, Route 360, which takes us in the Teleco Plains. We have breakfast. Get on the Skyway. Run the Skyway. Get on the 129. And once you get on the 129, you got about a about a 20 mile drive because 129 is a an actual road road Mm -hmm. it doesn't get serious until you get to deals gap and when you buy the shirt there is a um on the back of the shirt there's a map and all there's a guy i forgot his name but he named all the turns oh okay wow yeah so there is uh if you know the movie the the fugitive the remake Mm -hmm. uh, harrison ford and uh, tommy lee jones the scene where harrison ford jumps off the bridge that bridge is actually on the tail of the oh cool it's called the fugitive bridge okay Sure. And then you were talking about the Chirahola, uh Skyway, Chirahala. Yeah. And then uh, some of the other information I have uh, listed here, and these might be some of the other roads you're talking about. Are you familiar with Moonshiner 28? Moonshiner, t- Route 28, is also, yeah, it's called Moonshiner because it used to be an old Moonshiner road. And it is literally, when you're at Deals Gap, Deals Gap is a motorcycle resort where it's small hotel rooms and they have a restaurant and a gift shop. 28, you pull out of their driveway on, if you're standing at it and you look to the right, that's where 28 starts. Okay. That road goes all the way into Georgia. When my wife and I got married, we actually took 28 all the way down to Georgia. It's not super crazy all the way down there. It's crazy for... A good chunk of it. There's also the uh, Fontana Dam, which is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was it's, there as a kid. I remember the, that. It is the largest dam east of the Mississippi. Yeah, River. it's it's totally cool. It's I, I, cool. I remember that we we did a family vacation to the Smoky Mountains, and that was one of the stops. And this was probably in like 1972 or something <laughs> like that. So, but I remember it. It was very cool. Well, speaking of 1972, uh, the movie Tulane Blacktop. Towards the end of the movie. When I saw this movie one night a couple years ago, I'm looking at the parking lot, and I go, that looks like Deal's Gap. And then I found out that is where they filmed the ending of the movie okay. in the parking lot. It used to be an old gas station. All right. Very cool. Cool. And then some of the other ones, and I think you've already touched on there's Foothills Parkway. Yep. Great road. A Devil's Triangle. Devil's Triangle is about an hour and 15 minutes away from Ameriville, so you got a little bit of drive to get there. That does have intersecting roads, a lot of soft shoulders, oh. loose gravel. It is a serious road. has two uphill hairpin turns. Wow. When I was in my CRZ, I had 
an Evo 10 in front of me. I could see his muffler. That's wow. How ste- that's how steep it is. Wow. And then there's Diamondback. Have not been on that. Okay, that's just another. That's road. another road. And then I've heard of this before. I don't know how 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 challenging it is, but the Blue Ridge Parkway. Have not been on the Blue Ridge Parkway. I heard there's a lot more uh, police uh, uh, presence yeah. there. Yes. And there's no trucks allowed on Deals Gap they or just, on, on Trail of the Dragon. They right? just passed that law a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. Because I don't see how you could be maneuvering a semi, but apparently. There's pictures there on uh, there's pictures on uh, killboy.com where the tr- the semi tractor trailers will get stuck their brakes will overheat yeah and I've seen a curve underneath the trailer wow that's how tight it is wow. out there <laughs> it's it's, cra- it's it's crazy do they have any of those like runaway truck roads there's on no any room of these for that. yeah there's, there's no it's room too tight. it's, it's too, too tight, tight. that's you don't amazing need it. you don't need it because that was one of the things I remember on that vacation to the Smoky Mountains when because we drove everywhere in the '69 Buick Sabre and. Uh, I just remember as a kid, I was always fascinated when we'd be on a road trip. Either um, I'd always tell my dad if I'd like take a nap or something back, like wake me up if we cross any cool bridges or go into any tunnels. But then I always remember seeing these runaway truck roads too. And I thought it was the coolest thing because you just see a sign and some of them were just like this huge grade going right up and others would be like a curve and you wouldn't see what's behind there. And just, and I, they're there for a reason. I, I do that see those on I-75 on my way down to the tail yeah. of the dragon. Yeah. Those you do see them still around, Absolutely. but it, it, I've just always been fascinated by those because it'd be like, that would be such a harrowing experience if you have no brakes in your truck and you're Can't like, hey, you got to do this runaway truck road thing. It's amazing. But um, so how often do you run it then once you get get there? Do you do it on a daily basis or? We'll, we'll do it on a daily basis. And uh, like sometimes we'll go. We'll, we'll go right onto the dragon. Like sometimes when we go down there in the fall in the morning, you got a little bit of dew on the road. Yeah. So you're grannying the car down yeah. the road because it's wet. So sure. you can't really get to even an all wheel drive car. You don't want to get crazy because there are some ravines that go down pretty far. So um, we, we'll, we'll drive, like one day we'll just make an executive decision. Let's go take 360 to Teleco Plains, have breakfast, and do what I was talking about earlier. And yeah. then sometimes, we, uh, sometimes we'll say, let's save the dragon for nighttime because the thing that a lot of people don't understand is when you go down there, you're, in, you're out in the woods. When, when when the sun goes down, it's black. Yeah, I was going to say you don't do it at night, right? Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. You can? Absolutely. Um, I'm more of a... Um, I might, you, you probably remember my license plate said Captain Slow. I'm yeah. Like, well, I'm, 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 even though I'm very energetic about you it. James I'm, May yeah, want to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I remember one, the first time I did it at nighttime, my, uh, my buddy Hector had a Mazda Speed uh, 3 that was uh, modified and I had my little Honda Fit. So like he had triple the power and I just used his headlights and brake lights and okay. just kept my foot on the floor. But driving it at nighttime is awesome. When you have somebody in front of you that knows the road. Kind of, you. yeah, kind of being a guide almost. You don't want to be the lead car because yeah. then you, you, you have nothing in front of and you. And is there any uh, danger of uh, like animals, deer, raccoons jumping out in front of you? Or? Uh, wild, there, there, there's wild turkeys out there. Wow. Uh, I, I know people have spoken about bears. And the, the very first time we tried going out there, we used to stay in uh, Talico Plains, and we were driving out to the Dragon, which is quite a drive. We had this joke that uh, the guy in front of us, uh, his name's Trey, he lives down there, he said a chupacabra ran out in front of him, and he <laughs> hit whatever it was. He hit it. It flew off the road and broke his air conditioning condenser. So wow. We, so we turned around and went back because his car was kind of wounded, so yeah. we, we didn't and go. What did you say jumped out in front of him? A chupacabra. What's, what's that? It's some mythical thing <laughs> oh, okay. oh. up on the internet. Okay, yeah, uh, we, okay. don't know what, we don't know what it was. But he hit something, right? He hit something. Yeah, he it didn't was, know what it was. We don't know okay. what it was. I have no idea. Wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> but when you go out there uh, you don't know what you're going to see because at the end of the dragon we have a it's we call it the clearing and they actually just paved it there are always big car clubs out there every weekend last year there was a big honda club and somebody had an old crx that they turned into a convertible wow and it was not a hack job and then there was like one of these little uh uh vans i don't know if they have the key uh the k car vans but this was like a a van Oh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah but it was yeah. it was a K car, the Japanese yeah. K cars. Yeah, was, I was thinking Chrysler. Like, yeah. wait a minute, no. Yeah, um, but yeah. So you you don't you don't know what you're going to see out yeah. there. Yeah, and so like going out there every weekend, it's it's an adventure because there's always a car club. And out then there. you drive back then. Absolutely. Once you hit the the, yep. the end, and how different is it running? 
each way? Is it is it a different experience, even though you're going the other direction? Or well, is it a portion of the road is going to some of it is a little bit more downhill. So then when you turn around, you're going to go more uphill. Yeah. Uh, some of the hairpins when you're going uphill with the Abart, I always drove with the traction control off, and there was just something about going uphill and just standing on the gas yeah. pedal, and you can hear that one tire just burn. It's just <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's you don't have to go out there and go bonsai because on the Cherahala Skyway, you have a lot of decreasing radius turns. Mm-hmm, yeah, those are tricky. And, um, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a big fan of momentum. Yeah. I don't have a, the brass pair. Yeah. I just, I just, and I, I, and I always ride in the back. I don't want anybody riding behind me because you, the thing is you have to drive within your skill set or it, it could be a problem. Yeah, you don't you. want to try to be some hot shot and, and be oh, a we've doofus. Had people, we've had people in our group that are just amazing out there. It's yeah. incredible. It's kind of like, I think, uh, very analogous to when you do a track day or something like that. Um, you're always going to have some people that are going to try to show off, and they're the ones that are either going to screw up their car or wipe out or whatever. And then you just want to kind of, at least the first few times, lay back a little until you build confidence, know what you're doing. But just don't get stupid, and you're right. still going to have a great time. And on the Cherry Hill Skyway, there are specific areas where you can pull off and take pictures and when you get off at these pull-offs and you get out and you just look out and the mountains are just rolling after another you can't even see where they end and then there's parts of it where you look down on the road you're like oh i just drove on the road and it looks like a little hair wow. because you're, uh, because you're yeah, going up you've been climbing sure you're climbing yeah. I and mean, your ears are popping so if you ever go wow. bring some chewing gum yeah. your ears your ears get plugged up a lot and you go in the fall because of the colors and stuff or initially that's and the why, weather cooler right. weather well it is a little cooler but like last year my first day down there it was 90 degrees uh. and then the next day it was like 70 so it was perfect i've been Knock on, wood. Knock on laminate. Yeah, the, we- the weather has uh, cooperated most of the time. I've been down there uh, when it's pouring rain, and we went to a muscle car museum. Wow. That my buddy that lives in Decatur, Tennessee, knew about and took us to that. Uh, and they had a tin roof, and it was so loud, loud in yeah. there. So it was um, – th- there's there's other things to do. I mean, there's some – they have a great Mexican restaurant in town. And where we stay, we're 10 miles from where the dragon starts or ends, depending how you look at it. And then we're 10 miles from town. So Sure, so you're you kind of in the, in the yeah, middle. If you, yeah, if you need gas, they got yeah. restaurants. Uh, if you need an auto parts store, they have you know all that on the main drag. So it, but it's, it, it's really something if on the skyway, if you, if you still have a CD player, cause you can't get reception, you put a nice Miles Davis jazz CD <laughs> in and just, just unwind. That's cool. And is it open in winter or do they close it? Uh, there are times of the year in the winter time where they do close the dragon. They have like, they, when you, when you enter the dragon, uh, not the yeah, movie, yeah. <laughs> but there are the big guardrail doors that uh, oh, keep the close. road closed. But, but there are, there are the kill boy guy. If you go onto his website, he has pictures where he drove his uh, uh, BRZ with with snow tires and took pictures. Wow. It, it's beautiful. And it does snow there, right? Oh, well, because you're a mile yeah, high. Yeah. Well, the Dragon is not a mile high, yeah. but the parts of the Cherahala Skyway are a mile high, so you're going to get uh, temperature where it's cold enough to snow, and it does cool. snow up there. And what's what's his Killboy's website address? It's www.killboy.com. This guy and his wife... They take 12,000 pictures a day of every car that goes by, and then uh, you go onto their website, and you buy a super high-quality picture for $5. And the funny, of your car? Of your car yeah. or somebody else's car. If, so, you see, if, you see, if you see a dream car. but what, Do you have all yours documented then? Or? I, don't, I, don't, I did not. I, I have not done that. But a funny thing is if you have a bike and you wipe out, you get, your, you get that picture for free. Well, I would hope so, unless you're dead, right? Right. <laughs> Well, that's cool, and you're, obviously you're, you're planning on taking the Hyundai this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And are you, you going to have? I, I know we touched on this earlier in the program. Uh, are you going to have any of your other modifications done by then on your car? Or? Um, I don't know. I, the tires that are on the car now are pretty good because the most important thing on the Dragon is you got to have good tires yeah. and brakes. Yeah, that, exactly. All that yeah. other stuff is um, you know icing on the cake. Exactly. But you have to have tires and brakes. Safety is the most important thing. I always tell people the first time you go out there, pretend grandma or grandpa 
are sitting in the front seat with you because yeah. it you have I've been going for 16 years and you have to respect the dragon because it is very easy for that road to bite you sure yeah to get in over your head it's very yeah. easy it, absolutely yeah. I've seen I've seen one person dump a bike but he got up off the bike I've never seen somebody crash a yeah. car there's a famous picture that Killboy took of a Nissan GTR that burned to the ground wow. I don't know what happened to it yeah. it didn't wreck but something happened something happened and it, 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 it and it's a beautiful picture because the the fire is the same color as the leaves in the background. Wow. It's a great <laughs> it's a great picture actually. Not for him, but yeah. you know, for looking at it. But I I implore anybody who uh one of your previous shows you were talking about the bucket list. Yeah. I have to tell you that this is if you like cars and you like to drive you you definitely want to do the tail of the dragging and the surrounding roads for sure. And it is a beautiful area of the country too, though. So even if you're bringing your wife or your significant other and they're not into cars, there's plenty for them to do yeah, and absolutely. enjoy and everything. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's not like this is a 200 mile thing. Like, honey, we're going to drive the tail of the dragon today. It's 200 miles. No, it's only 11 miles long. So it doesn't blow your whole day. And well, just the dragon is, but like I but said, then the other roads, the, sure, yeah. And then uh, when you take moon, we, you brought up moonshiner earlier. When you take Moonshiner past the Fontana Dam, you'll get to uh, a, a, an intersected highway. It's called Route uh, 441. So you make a left, take it down a couple miles, and you reconnect to 28. If you take 28, you continue on 28, there is a waterfall there called Bridal Vale Falls, and you used to be able to drive behind and under it now they put those little hobby horse things oh, okay. they don't want people to do it because i think they're worried about rocks falling. yeah but when you used to be able to drive underneath bridal veil falls awesome cool and the road getting there it gets very narrow where there is like a rock wall like right next to you wow. so it, it's it's uh there's a lot of other roads down there believe me cool yeah and you can find all the information on the uh tale of the dragon you can uh check it out online taleofthedragon.com it's got all the information on the tale of the dragon and the other uh, roads that we have been uh, talking about uh on this segment so uh, and then obviously there's a picture from Killboy <laughs> right on the website so uh, that's very cool um um, and definitely, I uh, hope uh, you have a great time uh, with the new car. I'll be interested to uh, hear how the uh, Hyundai performs. First automatic I've driven out there in eight years, so it, it's a dual clutch at least, So, but it'll be interesting. Cool. Yeah, the, 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 the dual clutch will definitely make it uh, a lot more entertaining than a regular oh, uh, old-fashioned sure. slush box, but cool. Uh, if you like what we do here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, make sure that you uh, listen, subscribe, and read rate us we'd love to uh, get your ratings we've got uh, several five-star reviews on apple podcasts and if you take a few minutes to uh, give us a rating we would certainly appreciate it you can uh, catch us on all kinds of platforms spotify iheart google play stitcher tune in and apple podcasts you can also just get us on the radio website if you're on any of those other platforms just search for radio misfits and also when you subscribe you get a uh, notification every time there's a new episode up so you always stay fully informed with uh, what we're doing here on the car guys report informed automotive i'm mark vernon we've been talking with roger rex road today and yes that is his real name ladies and gentlemen we're not making that up um he's uh here because lou is still on assignment lou will be back next time uh if you haven't checked out lou's youtube channel make sure you do it's uh, an amazing channel he's got over fifty six thousand. uh subscribers and he's got over 1300 videos online it's called my car story with lou he goes out and uh videotapes and chats with the owners of all kinds of incredibly cool cars and that's what he's been doing uh these past uh, few weeks while he's been uh, on assignment as we say he's been uh, collecting all kinds of videos and for the next episode of the car guys report we're gonna be uh, talking about that because lou will be back and there'll be lots to talk about we're gonna call it the car guys report bull session It'll be a lot of fun, but I'd like to thank uh, Roger Rexroad for taking time out today to uh, talk with us. We had a great discussion on the Tale of the Dragon, also on uh, detailing, all kinds of stuff. I learned a few things about the ceramic coating. Looking forward to looking into that. And, Roger, thanks so much for uh, joining us here and uh, certainly looking forward to uh, having you back on the program in the future because you've got a lot to talk about, a lot to say, and uh, certainly enjoyed all your insights and everything. You're welcome. And uh, Lou's channel is great. Uh, we're t um, he did review my buddy Hector's uh, Mazda RX-7, and he has actually been on the Tale of Dragon with that very car. Cool. Cool. So there you go, folks. It all comes around in one giant circle here on the Car Guys Report Informed.
Armed Automotive. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with OpiShows.com. Opi, if you're wondering, is the word hippo spelled backwards, O-P-P-I-H, shows.com. It's distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Torn testicles. <laughs> the brattiest kid ever. Pig semen shampoo. A German who played for the Cubs during World War War II. Rick's brush with German Werner Klemperer. And we go up to Milwaukee to the uh, Bobblehead Museum and Hall of Fame. And we talk to its CEO, Phil Sklar. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. <laughs> Tony Lasano Podcast and Opi Production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. Hey, this is Tony Lasano. And if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe. But I have my own called New hippo the podcast and i do it with uh many members of and friends uh including kimmy hello we feature some of the coolest guests like ryan cheverini ginger z mr skin tom dreesen and so many more these are like milestone interviews they're timeless so this way you could pick it up at any point i suggest you start from the beginning nude hippo the podcast and opie show great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com <laughs> Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, we'll celebrate Lou's return from Arizona with the Car Guys Report Bull Session. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Lou Costable for lots of bull. There'll be plenty to go around on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, and Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.